0: There is an itch inside of me that truly believes no matter who you are, no matter what kind of background you have, fitness can be, I think, a tool in your mental, mental and physical health. Um, and I just think that I would much rather spend my time showing that tool to the world and helping women and men. This
1: podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances.
0: Welcome to the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast with Clint Pattison, helping you to live an easier, healthier, and happier life.
1: Thanks for joining us again for another episode of the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast. I've got a very special guest today and really excited to introduce you to her in just a second. She came into our attention sphere via my wife, Melissa. Who was scrolling on Instagram and said, You have to check out this girl called Brittany Williams. She has rheumatoid arthritis and she exercises at the highest possible level. She's amazing. She's got great energy and you should interview her for, for the podcast. And so I checked out Brittany's work and I'm like, Oh my goodness. You would think that she you know, hasn't had a physical ailment in her life. Her workouts are very high energy. She is extremely physically fit. She's engaging, captivating, and amazing. So Brittany, thanks for joining us today.
0: Oh, thank you. What a wonderful, you got me hyped. Thank you so much.
1: <laughs> well, you know, that's how it came about. And uh, what I wanted to talk with you about today is the fact that you were diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis at age 13, mm-hmm. uh, you're now 33, uh, and you've been... and. Uh, incredible uh, transformation in that you're uh, living a life of high fitness and inspiring a lot of people, tens of thousands of people on your Instagram platform. And of course, via the app, which is a sweat app, uh, a a business originally developed by Kayla Itzens and her her, uh, her partner at the time. And uh, you're doing amazing things. So I wanted to talk about your rheumatoid arthritis history, uh, how you managed to uh, be so active with the diagnosis, and things that we can learn from you about fitness and how we can get started if we're not doing much exercise. So, let's start about your 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 story. How did this all unfold?
0: Absolutely. So, um, I started off. I'll be honest. Athletic my whole life was never gifted, but I would say an average teenager growing up until I hit 12 when I uh, started having a lot of growing pains, um, what we thought were growing pains in my wrists. And um, as I think anyone who's been diagnosed with uh, autoimmune disease, it starts this very long journey of a thousand tests, doctors' appointments, blood work um, to kind of figure out you know what's happening. And I think that I was having a lot of pain as a child and eventually at age 13 was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And it completely flipped the script. Here I was an athletic child who loved playing soccer and basketball and all of the things and grew up certainly a tomboy to be told, you know, I don't know what your ability to run is going to be. I don't know what your ability to write your hand, what your handwriting is going to look like when you're 30. You know, I think getting introduced into those ideas opened my mind that I'm going to have to do things a little bit differently um, but I also think very early on, I recognized that um, my athletic ability may be short-lived. So I did the opposite approach that I think my doctor wanted me to do at the time. My doctor, I think, very much wanted me to settle down, stop working out, uh, or you weren't working out as a child, but, you know, play, fitness, uh, athletics, and I instead dove in head first. So um, I continued to run and play soccer. I ran um, track and cross-country collegially. Uh, at rice university in houston and then um after that i joined the corporate world where i worked in wholesale sales for under armor for 12 years so stayed in the fitness world um but behind a computer and in crunch numbers until in 2017 i got the itch to become a fitness instructor and i think it really was my arthritis that at first, almost held me back from becoming one, because you know you doubt yourself when you've got an ailment, a disease, a disorder, whatever you want to call it, an obstacle in front of you, uh, and you're gonna say, "I want to help other people be at their physical peak. It's a little intimidating, but I think that I saw that intimidation as a sign. I think I was tired of seeing so many women and men, um kind of like you alluded to during your intro, on Instagram and on social media that are perfect. Who seemingly have never had a problem in their life. And I'm sitting here saying, I can't do a push up because I don't have the range of motion in my wrist. And there is no one out there who speaks to those people. I think there is now, but I think at the time, it was very hard to find not perfect when it came to fitness leadership uh, and fitness professionals. So I di- dove in head first um, and really have always taken fitness from an approachability lens. Now, I have really high intense classes that are you know high impact and cardio and all of the hard things. But I also have those classes where I recognize that some days you don't feel a hundred percent, you don't even feel fifty percent, and you just need slow and inviting movement. Maybe you're just starting fitness for the first time after years away from a gym or a weight or a yoga mat. Um, so I really tried to come into fitness with an open mind, and I did that part time for five years, and then last year quit my full-time corporate job to pursue fitness full time because there's an itch inside of me that truly believes no matter who you are, no matter what kind of background you have, fitness can be, I think, a tool in your mental, mental and physical health. Um and, and I just think that I would much rather spend my time showing that tool to the world and helping women and men, but women specifically on the Sweat app, you know, learn how to use fitness to their benefit and not just think of it as something that they have to do. Uh, which certainly I think landed me to the Sweat app, where now I have uh, multiple bar programs um, that help women feel better about themselves. Like I said, physically and mentally, um, and then it's kind of grown and exploded from there.
1: It's um, you know, it's not your typical story from no. diagnosis. Uh, so, can you explain um, you know what path you went through with perhaps uh, medications, for example? We'll talk about that first, and then I want to ask you about. How exercise enabled you in parallel to medications to keep symptoms at bay. So let's just talk about what the doctor recommended, if there was friction from you about sort of uptaking medications uh, and what you eventually did and what you're what you're doing now.
0: Of course. I think medication, I always tell people I would not be where I was without it. So I have to stop there and give a nod to the doctors of the world in the medical field because I think it's been an amazing, but it's a hard journey, I think, finding. The right um, medications for you. I started initially on methotrexate, and I'm sure I started kind of a, a, a daily pill as well that I can't remember what it was, but certainly the the go getter was methotrexate, and was on that for a few years. And I think at that time, my pain was very localized to just my right wrist, and that's and I'm right handed, so it certainly was something I felt every day. But I felt like it was managed. Uh, And then I think within a year or two, um, blood work wasn't coming back uh, so great. I think methotrexate obviously is a very powerful drug to be on at that young at any age, but especially at that young of an age. So then we started, I think, trying a whole slew of, of medications. And I think as anyone who knows this journey you try one medication, you have to wait two or three months for to see if it kicks in. It doesn't work. So you got to try the next one. So I, I laughed. I was like, I've been on so many, but eventually, I would say by the time I hit middle of high school, um, I, so let's say, you know, 15, 16 years old, I settled on Embrel um, as my drug of choice and the, and the biologic that I took And that process was hard. I mean, even with methotrexate, I very vividly remember the first time back talking about methotrexate, sitting with the doctor and the nurse saying, okay, we're going to have to teach you how to uh, give this to yourself. And back then it wasn't self auto-inject. So you had to pull the syringe yourself and, and mix up the solution. And so I remember the nurse pulled my mom into the room and was like, you know, you need to learn how to do this. And my mom was like, oh no, I'm like, you're telling me there's no cure for rheumatoid arthritis, right? And, She's like, no, there's no cure. And it's like, so you're telling me she's going to have this for the rest of your life? And she's like, yes, ma'am. Like, Then she needs to learn how to do it herself. So from the very first shot to the ones that I take today, I've given them all to myself that I think is a 13-year-old. Super scary at the time. But also I think glad that my mom did it because it empowered me to always feel like I was in control and that maybe there were going to be days that were hard, but I was never going to be... Um, I could always pull myself up I guess. I didn't need someone else I guess to 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 help me with this disease other than of course my my medical team. But um so anyways, I digress. Methotrexate went to Embro. Embro was by far the most successful that I had. I was on Embro while I ran track and cross country. So we're talking about the true peak fitness in terms of running 60, 75, 80 miles a week. I'm putting in a, a lot of time, a lot of effort and was able to do that. Then when I was in Kind of post-college, I had what I call my invincible phase where I thought that I didn't need any medication. And, you know, I was bigger than this disease. So I completely got ri- rid of all medications, stopped going to the doctor for like 18 months. Don't recommend that to anyone. I was in a lot of pain, probably did a lot of uh, damage uh, in my wrist. And eventually the pain was bad enough that I went back to the doctor. And now after trying another slew of medications and back on um, hydroxychloroquine and Embrell, which I've been on now for a few years. And the journey is hard. It's hard finding a medication that works for you. It's hard finding doctors. My doctor, uh, not the one that I have now, but the one previous didn't want me to be on Embrel because she's like, you've been on it for such a long time. We don't want you to get tolerant, but it was also the only thing that made me feel good. So it was one of those, you know, catch 22s, but um, it's been a process, but I'm glad I found a doctor that is willing to listen, um, and doesn't want to change my medication just because it's been 20 years.
1: Yeah. Thank you for sharing and being so honest and open and talking about that with um, with regards to, uh, you know, these sort of cycles we go through with feeling invincible, like you said, at times, and at other times we feel very vulnerable and we sort of walk with our tail between our legs into the doctors and say. You know, I'll do whatever you, whatever you recommend because I'm just, you know, I've, I've sort of essentially feel like I've failed. Everything else I've yes. tried is not working. Where are you in that cycle at the moment? And especially in, with regards to um, positioning that with reference to how good your career is right now, it would appear right now that whilst things are steady and stable, that's probably uh, uh, probably something that you can put back mm-hmm. in, in your mind and say, let's work on all these great things that I've got going on right now. And just let medications be medications for the time being. Is that sort of where you're at?
0: You know, my answer might change every day. And I think that that, that's the truth when it comes to these diseases is that one day you're riding high and everything's wonderful. And the the next week is really hard. I think for me, I'm in a really good space when it comes to most of my joints. So my arthritis has spread to most major joints, um, my ankles, my toes, my knees, both wrists, um, I have it in a lot of different places um, rather than just my right wrist. And I think I've gotten to a good point to where my doctor and I don't really have to worry about my wrists, my knees, my feet, oh, sorry, my left wrist, but my right wrist is significant. Um, I think in the, in the amount of damage uh, that I have, the amount of uh, range of motion that I've lost. So while I feel very constant in my medication and my doctor's trips are quite easy, um, There's still, I'm going to call it once a week or sorry, once, once a month where I feel depleted, where the pain in the right wrist still feels like it takes over. And, you know, it's funny, the, actually my last doctor appointment, I I love, I love my doctor for, for this reason. I went into her and I said, you know, I feel 95% good, but there's still that 5% in my wrist that I just can't get to be great. And she smiled. At me, and she goes, Brittany, how long have you had this disease? And I said, 20 years. And she goes, and what do you do for a living? And I was like, I'm a fitness instructor. And she was like, exactly. You have defied all odds in becoming a fitness instructor who works out a lot. Every single day, you're doing planks, push-ups, you're lifting weights, you're lifting barbells. She's like, I am not, that is a you decision. She's like, I don't think we can ever get you to a hundred percent if you're going to use your body that much. So there's also been this, I think, reality check of if you are going to push yourself to the level that I am, I think that there's going to be pain. And I think that's the decision that I have to make for myself. Uh, But I think with everyone else who doesn't do fitness as a career, I think it's about finding that happy balance of, doing what you need to, to be able to live your life, but also not being afraid of that pain. And that sometimes like you're going to have to go through some pain to see changes, to be able to get increased range of motion. I had to do a lot of exercises and a lot of stretches in the morning that were painful. And, you know, you get stiffness in the morning and you have to get up and you have to walk. You cannot sit still and it's painful, but on the other side of that is so much, I think, growth and beauty and pain-free days. Um, So I think it's a a give and a take.
1: I completely agree that the exercise is far more beneficial than detrimental. In fact, the detrimental aspect of the exercise is almost insignificant if we're being extremely mindful as to how we move our body. And in your case, you're pushing the boundaries with that wrist maybe by doing some things that otherwise, if you didn't have it as a career, you might not do.
0: Oh, um, for sure. For sure. Yeah.
1: And so like your doctor said, which was very sort of uh, very insightful, is that, um, you know, maybe there's maybe one thing you do each week, which might stir it up a little bit. But then I'm, I think you and I can agree that every other minute that you're exercising. It's pure benefit.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's exactly what she meant. And I really appreciated her insight because mm-hmm. she's right. I'm I'm pushing my limits, um, but I think I've seen so much growth from that. Um, and I don't think you ever have to push the point. I tell my clients, whether they are uh, have arthritis or an autoimmune disease or not, there's a difference between pain and discomfort. And I think the most important thing that you can do in life, but mainly in fitness, but in life, is understand the difference between discomfort and pain. When something is painful in an exercise, you always need to stop. You never want pain, but you cannot avoid discomfort when you are looking for change in your body, in your mind. It's going to be uncomfortable. I cannot, I cannot, if if I write you a workout that's not, Uncomfortable, it is not a good workout. It is maybe for a rest day or a recovery day. But um, once I think, you know, people can understand that difference, I think the world really unlocks in terms of what they're capable of. What
1: insights or thoughts, maybe attitudes, do you think are helpful if someone is right now thinking, well, this sounds good, but it really hurts me just to get up and move around? uh, Drawing upon when you were in those situations, what would you say to yourself? What, How would you get up and and get into some physical activity? And, and how would you speak to someone in that situation now?
0: Yeah, I think it all comes down. I'm really big on habit changing. Um, and I'm kind of obsessed with the topic and I've read a lot about it. And I think that at the end of the day, when you're looking at any obstacle, in this case, it would be, I think, the fear of that pain, the fear of that discomfort. It's about doing something that you can look back on and pat your back and say, hey, I did this, no matter how small it is. And then you have that one little pebble of positivity. And if you can just have that one pebble on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday, and maybe you don't have it on Thursday and Friday and you don't beat yourself up about it, but then it picks up again on Saturday and on Sunday, Those little pebbles eventually will turn into a glass jar of rocks. And I think that it's amazing what you can do is I tell people, so many people come to me and say, well, you work out for an hour, six days a week. And I said, cool. But there was a time when I just walked for 10 minutes a day because that's what my body needed. So I would much rather that person instead of thinking of the entire journey that a fitness journey or health journey can be, don't worry about you know the seventh, eighth, ninth lap or 10th month that you're gonna be in this journey. All I want you to start with is a five minute walk. And if it can't be a five minute walk, maybe it's sitting on the couch and it's doing leg extensions or squats at the couch or you know maybe it's wrist circles or wrist stretches, dedicate five to 10 minutes a day let's call it three to four times a week. I don't think there's a special number or formula. Build that habit. Once you've built that habit of doing it, of celebrating the fact that you're doing it for three to four weeks, five weeks, six weeks. Again, I'm not big on the amount of times. I think it varies per person. Then maybe that five to 10 minutes becomes 20. Then maybe that 20 minutes becomes, okay, I'm gonna pick up a dumbbell or I'm going to... Do a workout program like the sweat app. But until you first built that habit and you can look back and say, wow, for the last month, I have gone on a walk four times every single week. And who cares how long it was? Who cares how fast it was? You have to celebrate those milestones that you made. And I said, if I can, you know, I look at my clients and I say, if you can come to me with that prep work already done. I don't need you to have lifted a weight. I don't need you to be able to do a plank, but I do need you to have built this habit of celebrating your successes when it comes to your health because that's a foundation that anyone can build on no matter how big their obstacle is.
1: Absolutely love it. You and I have had sort of parallel teachings over the years, even though we haven't crossed paths yet. Uh, I have a, a, a saying that was very similar along the lines of, every small victory is an enormous victory when you have Mm. arthritis. So we, and I celebrate it like crazy. Exactly. As you say, tell people, write it in your journal, you know, celebrate it because we're teaching our brain that that's what matters most. It's getting those results. And another thing that you said exactly overlaps with what I teach as well, which is that with exercise, the objective is the habit. That's mm-hmm. the goal. The goal is not how far, how long, like you say. The goal is the habit yes. because the repetition of just doing it brings the results for you. Nothing else you need to do more than just show up and do it, schedule it into the consistency. exactly.
0: Yeah, I think once you can be consistent with it, I think the rest comes, but I think it's very common for people to worry about how much weight do I need to lift, How often how long they worry about I think the 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 minutia of it but if you just worry about building some place for you to walk down it doesn't matter what that road is paved with we'll get there eventually <laughs> we'll go to the store and we'll get you some bricks to pave a really nice road but for now I just need you to get on the road don't worry what it looks like and let's just keep moving even if it's just a few minutes a day I think it's still forward progress
1: for people who are already very excited about uh, taking some action and and wanting to immediately do a little bit more, I want to uh, just even though we're when we're not uh, at the end of this conversation, talk about your uh, involvement with the sweat app for people who you know really just want to do something immediately. Brittany is part of the the sweat app. You can download the app from you know Google Play or the iTunes. And when you install the app, you can join. I believe there is a, a free trial period you can explore. And what can happen inside there is that Brittany will actually can become your coach and yep. she will work you, walk you through workouts right from the very beginning and uh, she will meet you where you're at, correct? So even if you're just beginning, uh, perhaps just speak to that for a minute or two. We'll do more at the end because uh, uh, just, just in case people want to take action
0: right now. Of course. Yeah. So um, my sweat programs are bar programs and a little bit about bar for those that don't know. It's B-A-R-R-E, not B-A-R, but it is a workout that was um, inspired or was created by a dancer who got injured. Uh, And this dancer who got injured wanted to rehab herself back to health. So she built um, a program with a group of physical therapists in London uh, to basically rehab her back so that she could dance. Those rehab exercises, while kind of rooted in dance, it's still rehab, blossomed into this workout that is low impact, uh, mainly low impact, not always, but mainly low impact, super joint friendly, um, and uses really low weights. So, um, all classes tend to use less than five pounds or a little less than two and a half kilos, which is really nice uh, to have, I think, an approachable way of getting back to mobility, flexibility, strength, and muscular endurance. So my programs are BAR, um, which I love because that is exactly how I got back into shape uh, after that I'm invincible and I can do anything (laughs) period of time. Um, It allowed me to get back into shape and my programs, um, they are are two of them. One that is called BAR with Brittany. That one's going to be most likely, uh, I would say the most approachable option because the other one is called high intensity bar and is more of a high impact cardio-based um, option. So bar with Brittany is certainly where I recommend most people to start. It's great about that is that the workout program starts literally with week zero. Uh, it starts knowing that you may be a complete beginner to fitness. Uh, not only is bar potentially going to be a new type of workout for you, but this might be your first time doing something, doing movement in years. So we have, um, multiple weeks that are dedicated just to getting back into the groove of things. Uh, You can repeat those weeks. It'll ask you, you want to move on? Do you want to repeat? Some people will stay in those beginner weeks for a little bit longer until they're ready to progress. But what's what's great about the app is that it's progressive. And anyone who knows about um, improving your fitness is you have to continuously challenge yourself over time. You can't just hold a plank for 20 seconds every day and then expect to have a six pack in six months. You have to continuously um, adjust So what's great is that I've done the hard work for you. There's no guesswork. If you continue to move down the path throughout the program, it continues to get harder. It continues to get more complex. You know, you'll notice I'll go from doing pushups on my knees in the videos to pushups on my toes eventually. So things that you don't necessarily have to follow, right? You can always do pushups on your knees, but you start to see that progression. So the sweat up is great. The workouts, there's three to four workouts a week. Um, all of them vary from thirty to fifty minutes um, per workout, and then there are two express classes we call them, which are workouts that are fifteen minutes or less. Uh, because we certainly recognize that there are people out there who do not have time for thirty minute workouts, so we provide that option too. But really, the goal is to progress you uh, and to allow you to be comfortable. All of the workouts are pre recorded, but you do see me working with you the entire time. So I am doing every single exercise with. I'm sweating and shaking, and and all the things with you. Uh, and then you have my audio overlaid on top of the workout. So uh, what I love is that we film the workout and the audio separately, so that I can actually focus on giving you good information. Because I've taught plenty of live classes, and when I'm sweating and thinking of oh my gosh, this is really hard, it's really hard to remind you to do all the things. So you get my calm and clear voice providing modifications, providing motivation. You know, because sometimes I think we just need a, you can do this in our ear, especially with at-home workouts and my programs are built for at home, so.
1: So check it out. That's the uh, Sweat app and you'll find Brittany in there. She's one of about 10 trainers that you can choose from. Now, I just want to remind people of the importance of exercise just across the board. Uh, I've just been working on this chapter late last night in my book, which will come out in a couple of months. And and in that chapter, in that exercise chapter, Uh, across the board, rheumatoid arthritis patients exercise less than national guidelines in every country. Uh, The reluctance is generally around concerns about exacerbating symptoms uh, regarding pain during exercise and also chronic fatigue. People are concerned or fatigued and and it's just all seems too much. And there's just also a position of um, inertia in that if you're not exercising and you've got enough going on and the life is enough challenging, you don't think you want to add something else to your day that takes a little bit of an effort. And so the position of most people with RA is not enough exercise, but the benefits are so endless and limitless that it's hard to even know where to start. Um, One of the things that I talk about a lot is uh, the concept of oxidative stress. And when we have an engaged immune system in a chronic way, we're constantly generating free radicals. That's what the immune system does. And we deplete our antioxidant enzymes of glutathione, catalase, uh, and uh, superoxide dismutase. And all of those increase during exercise, meaning we basically systemically are able to reduce more inflammation that comes uh, by our own immunity, autoimmunity. And beyond that, We have muscle atrophy when we have inflammation on a constant basis. This means that typically people with rheumatoid arthritis have difficulty maintaining muscle mass. And so, to compensate that, we need to build muscle mass to protect ourselves from becoming weak, which in one study turns out that you are 50% more likely to die if you are in a weak body than a non weak body. This is an incredible profound and and scary statistic. We have to stop being weak. And then another one, and I'll stop at this because we could go on forever, but the last one is that in human muscle, the same inflammatory cytokines that are addressed using JAK inhibitors are also resolved using engaged muscle, muscle tissue. What this means is that you can reduce inflammation directly in tendons via tendinitis and muscle atrophy by stimulating that muscle with engagement. The same processes involved, as I said, as the JAK inhibitors are used in generated by your own body and inflammation is directly reduced. So engaging muscle tissue suppresses inflammation. So with all those benefits, We have to get active if we have inflammatory arthritis. It's not optional. It's an absolute must to protect our joints, to protect our muscles from atrophy, to protect ourselves from becoming weak. So, with all that said, now let's say, let's say, let's say, uh, Brittany, and uh, and let's not project anything negative. Let's say a person, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, uh, is having trouble with their knees. are there some exercises that are safe and simple that we could do for our knees? And I'm just going to run through a couple of joints yeah. if you don't mind. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. So I think um, the first things first, it's funny. I was literally just working on a video about knees earlier today um, and lunges. But I think when I, when people think about knees, you think of big range of motions like squats, You think of lunges, which can be really hard on the knee. Um, one of my favorite knee friendly exercises to do, which you can do at your own home is squats to your couch. Uh, now if your couch is really low, maybe to a chair, you know, you don't want to go too low, but have that support and just come up and down from a seated position is a really great place to start. You can certainly do it at the edge, have your hand on kind of the railing or the, you know, the hand rest, I guess, just should save your couch to kind of help push you up. Um, and the next one that I love is, uh, bridges. So bridge are really great, uh, for the glutes. So you would lay on the ground, uh, feet would be flat on the ground with the knees bent Uh, And then you would contract your glutes to lift your hips to be at knee height. Those are two, both those exercises are really two great ones for the glutes. Uh, I isolate the glutes because a lot of people who sit all day, whether that be because they are inactive throughout the day or because of their jobs tend to have very weak glutes. Mm. Um, So those are two that I love um, to start with. I think that those are wonderful, wonderful examples of exercises that are going to move the knee. I don't believe in avoiding knee movement at all. I think to all the points that you just said, but I think those are two exercises where the knee isn't going to have to go through, um, uh, uncontrolled movement. And I think it can stay mm-hmm. controlled. Both feet stay on the ground. You stay low impact and, and be helpful. On the knees.
1: Yeah. Love it. Um, for these big joints for me, cause I've had a lot of my own, obviously my experience with this over many years, um, I'm into my uh, 17th year with rheumatoid arthritis. And I've found, especially for the big joints, uh, you've got to engage them. You can't just yeah. let a knee be a swollen knee and then think it's going away. Let me tell you, it never, ever just goes away on yeah. its own. You got to work its butt off.
0: Yes. And I actually think now that you, for some reason, I just remembered a, a third one that I would give. If you let's say you have really bad inflammation in that knee, and I think standing up and down on that in that squat can be hard. I think another great one that works the quad specifically is stay seated on your couch and then lift your foot off the ground and then just extend and bend it. You extend that leg completely straight out and then um, bend it back in and contract, flex that quad when a leg is completely straight. That's going to be hard if you've got knee pain, but that is one of the most wonderful exercises because what I find. Uh, when i work with clients in person is that when the leg is completely straight when you have inflammation in the knee when you have pain in the knee coming completely straight with the leg is something people will hesitate so even if they have that ability being able to fully go through their range of motion so be able to kick your heel all the way towards your um backside and then extend it all the way in front of you i think can be really helpful and that can be done sit it down so i didn't mean to interrupt you but i wanted to get that out there
1: third one And let's, yeah, let's just, let's just uh, brainstorm that one a little bit more. If people are are, are, are really, let's go back even further. Yeah. People's knees are swollen. They can barely walk. Would it be fair to say that if uh, they were to stretch their legs out onto sort of a across the couch, so the legs Mm -hmm. are completely supported and to put a rolled up towel under the knee for them to then from the very slightly bent knee with the towel under to try and extend it.
0: Yes. Yes. That's actually something that I do with my clients in person with like meniscus tears, ACL tears, that's certainly not what we're working on, but that is one of the things that you will work on in physical therapy is finding ways to contract the quad while the the knee is in an extended uh, position. So I think that if that full range of motion from bent to extent doesn't work, Meeting your leg where it's at by flattening the surface underneath works, even if you don't want to necessarily kick your legs all the way up on top of the couch, even if you have an ottoman or a bench, something that you can put in front of the couch, you can just straighten your leg that way um, as well.
1: Yeah. Okay. Concept again, just generally being engagement. In each one of these, all of the connective tissue around that knee is having to work hard to maintain the positions that we're putting it in, we're squeezing and then releasing, whether it be into and out of a squat or these sort of physical therapy things we're talking about yeah. as well, but it's engagement at least of some kind. So we're, we're getting that, uh, that contraction and release. Let's say someone has problems with elbows. Is it something that you've ever had trouble with in your elbows?
0: Um, you know, it hasn't, I haven't had too mm-hmm. many elbow Good. issues with that being said, I think I have some, I'll call them secondary or indirect issues Uh, because my wrist uh, range of motion is really um, not great. It's definitely limited. I think I have over time held dumbbells and kettlebells with improper form. So sometimes I get pain in my knee, in my elbow, excuse me. And I kind of, that's always my sign. Like, oop, I don't think I'm holding my wrist properly or I need to decrease weight. But I think one of my favorite I think to work on the elbows is called a tricep kickback and it can be yeah. done with weight or without and I think certainly it's best to start without weight but you could even hold a full water bottle you could hold just something that has even an iPhone something that just has a little bit of weight to it and think about hinging forward pulling your elbow back so pull the elbow kind of so it's above your waist or above your rib cage and then extend your arm behind you, almost like you were in a track race and you were reaching for a baton behind you, that bending and extending motion from that um, elbow is doing the exact same thing the leg extension would do. It's really helping you go through a range of motion. And you may not be able to get that arm completely straight at the very beginning, um, but it can certainly help you build that range of motion because that might not be something that people are doing. If you have rheumatoid arthritis, uh, you know, I certainly understand reaching for something at the highest, you know, point in the cupboard might be a little, you know, scary. Um, And so I think that just going through that range of motion and extending the elbow and I think not being afraid, doing it in a place where you feel safe and stable. You know, I think, like I said, reaching for something heavy on the top of the counter may not be the place to do it. But if you're just sitting on the couch, lean forward and find that extension through the elbow.
1: I love it. I, I've I have had a lot of trouble over the years um, with tendonitis, and uh, I've been a few years without not a single detectable piece of tendonitis in those elbows. And uh, I developed into doing pull-ups and 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 chin and ups and so on. But mm-hmm. I had to start with the exact process you spoke of, which are those uh, sort of uh, tricep kickbacks. And I was just doing them with a uh, with a pull-down uh, elastic mm-hmm. from above. With my elbows tucked into my side, but it was the yep. exact same movement.
0: Exactly, exact
1: same movement. So you just described the,
0: yeah, this. and I think that's the one thing that I like people to understand is that exercise doesn't have to be complicated. Finding better range of motion, you don't have to go into a gym. Yes, I do think it is helpful to have a physical therapist or a doctor who's comfortable helping you through that process. Um, but I, I don't think you need to spend yet another. membership to go into a a 70th place to help you. I think sometimes it's about finding those five exercises, those five movements that you can do at home and just do them, like I said, five to 10 minutes a day to help build you that foundation so that you can then go do the workouts that you want to do.
1: I love it. What's an area of the body that you have found uh, you've been able to really gain control over through some movements that you've developed and you're really proud of yourself and you think, like when it comes to say the ankles or the shoulders or whatever it might be, and you're like, I've just nailed that. I mean, which area have you? Felt have you like been
0: all? hanging out on my Instagram account? Because I feel like no. you're just you're just peeing me up for my favorite story, uh, which is it's my wrist for sure. And I know I've alluded to that a few times, but uh, the pain in my wrist and the range of motion in my wrist uh, was at an all time high in the early 2000s. So kind of coming off of that, I'm not really 2000s. Excuse me, early 2010s. I'm not sure what we're calling that decade, (laughs) but uh, um, that sounds right. Um, You know, coming off of my quote unquote, I'm invincible uh, phase where I ended up, I think, doing a lot of harm by coming off of medication, my range of motion was nothing. I mean, I could not really move my wrist at all. So walking into a boutique fitness studio for the first time and being asked to do a plank was. Out of the question. I could not hold myself up at all. Um, certainly one, because I didn't have the range of motion in my wrist, but two, I didn't have the strength because if you can't, if you can't hold a plank, if you can't hold a weight in your hand, you don't have the ability to strengthen the arm. So uh by far my favorite is elevated planks uh with your hands elevated on something. Um so your hand think hands on the back of a couch, think even hands on a wall. Um, something that takes. Uh, your chest to be higher than your toes what that does is take a lot of the pressure out of the wrist uh, and more so um, sends that kind of the weight distribution across your full body versus just being on the wrists and I started just planking just holding a plank and I was in those fitness classes and it was so embarrassing to be in a fitness class of 20 to 30 women who are busting out your push-ups and here I am holding a plank and my hands are up on a bar. I'm not even holding a plank on the ground. So to be able over the course of a couple of years to be able to hold a plank, to then be able to do a push up, to push ups on my knees, to now being able to do, I can do push ups on my toes. I can. There's very few exercises that I can't do. But my push ups, I by far hold closest to my chest because, no pun intended, since they're a chest exercise. But I just couldn't do anything in the plank position at all. So to be able to get to the point to where I can do a push up with confidence is just proof to me that you can do anything you set your mind to. It might take years. Like I said, it did not happen overnight. It took, uh, you know, two or three years to be able to get to where I am now. But it's so, the feeling that you get when you can look back and say, I couldn't even hold a plank or I couldn't do X, Y, and Z and now I can do it. There is nothing I mean my wedding day was nice but other than that like you know like there's some nice things I'm sure one day when I hopefully have children I'm sure that's going to be a great day too but like the day that you realize I just did that and I couldn't do it yesterday a year ago whatever man those days stick with you
1: I love it that's awesome Don't tell that my don't
0: tell my husband that I just compared our wedding day to that but
1: that is nice Though I absolutely love it no that's just it's just so satisfying, isn't it?
0: It it's is so
1: satisfying,
0: but honestly, that is why I think I do what I do because once you have that that idea, that moment, if you just keep watering it, it's not a plant, it's a weed. It takes over I mean that idea of I can do this started replicating in all aspects of my life, not just in fitness. Of any time there's a hurdle, I'm just going to keep watering this plant. I'm just going to keep feeding it and feeding it. And I'm going to keep celebrating it and tell it, you got it, buddy. You got it, buddy. And then, bam, you see how successful you can be. Um, and hopefully you can overcome your goals. You know, you thought you couldn't do X, Y, and Z. And you find out you can do way more than that. But you, it has to start off with the willingness to try. Um, again, the willingness to get a little uncomfortable.
1: Mm. What uh, closing thoughts would you have to, regarding what we've talked about today? What either something we've touched upon that you'd like to emphasize more, or is there something that we haven't talked about that you feel is important for someone who's who's been engrossed in our discussion?
0: Yeah, I think the f- first thing that comes to mind, which I think hopefully anyone who's been listening to your podcast for a while knows, is that you're not alone. I think a lot of times when I have my flare ups, I and when I was going through chronic daily pain, it feels defeating. And I think that while, yes, you have to be like my mom wanted me to be, you have to be strong and yes, you have to be willing to pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Know that there is an approachable way for you to feel better, both mentally and physically, because I think you have to work on both. But you have to be willing to ask for the help and you have to be willing, unfortunately, to put in some work. I wish I could sit here and tell you it's really easy to become pain free. You don't have to work at it at all. I I would be rich if I could figure out a way to do that. Um, But I think be kind to yourself. Recognize you're not alone. Recognize that it's going to take some positivity. But I think that the woe is me attitude is okay to have. I'm going to start there. I'm not going to say don't have it because I think that's unrealistic. I think it's okay to have bad days and to cry and to feel defeated. But the next morning you need to pick yourself up and say, how am I going to make this life that I'm living a little bit better slowly, but surely. Um, and know that so many of us have gone through it. And I think that that's why, one of the reasons I love social media is it's so easy to find people going through what you're going through. And it makes the world feel a little less, I think daunting when you know you're not alone.
1: Tell us your social media handle. And so people can follow you.
0: Yep. So uh, on Instagram, actually on everything on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok, I'm at Brittany Williams. So I'll spell it. Brittany is spelled B-R-I-T-A-N-Y. And Williams is W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S.
1: Fantastic. Uh, you're very, very uh, active on social media. You respond to a lot of questions that people post on there. Um, you've got quite the following, quite the community. So if people are on Instagram who are following this, uh, go head over and uh, and follow Brittany. Brittany, we did mention the uh, the the Sweat app. Uh, let's just close out on that. Uh, you can uh, everyone listening is can access either on Android or on Apple uh, the Sweat app. Uh, there's a there's a free trial as i said you'll find Brittany on there uh Brittany does not get compensated for you know uh, her special link or anything but uh, we will put a link to join the sweat app on our page head over to rheumatoidsolutions.com forward slash blog and you'll be able to find this episode and if you do join uh, then uh, it looks good. Brittany's bringing people into the app. So it does help her in that sense.
0: <laughs> and do uh, let me know too. I think if you do try a class, if you do follow me on, on social media, please send me a direct message. I would love to connect with you. And I think, you know, help be a resource for you. Even if you don't work out with me well, I would love for you to work out with me on the Sweat app. I think just being able to have, I think a fitness instructor who gets it, who understands if you have a question, you know, and you're maybe afraid to ask, Um, you do not need to be, I get asked every question under the sun. There's no such thing as a silly question. So um, while I certainly want you to click on that link and and download the SWAT app and work out with me, even if not, um, I'm certainly here as a resource for you.
1: Well, thank you very much for your time today. It's been super, super great to have you on the episode. Thanks for
0: having me. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Brittany. And uh, we'll see you online and maybe you and I could do an Instagram live together sometime.
0: We should.
1: And, uh, and I hope that uh, some people have enjoyed listening. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening to Rheumatoid Solutions. If you'd like to get more help to live an easier, healthier, and happier life, visit rheumatoidsolutions.com.